Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Editor of PW Comics World. I'm also Editor of The Fanatic, PW's new comics and pop culture uh, uh, newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back at CXC Cartoon. You know what? I apologize. <laughs> A cartoon Car- co- crossroads, cartoon Columbus. Crossroads, Columbus. We've made it that way so that when we have to, when we say it out loud, we say sexy. Yeah, oh, is that for sexy? No, we're the sexiest. I should around. do that more often. Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, you know, we we wanted something that we, you know, uh, there's a a crossroad element, you know, kind of thematically, where we're bringing in a different, different, a bunch of different kinds of cartoonists, a bunch of different kinds of cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so that that followed, and um, yeah, it's um, a great it's a great logo as well. That's by the way, that's Tom Spurgeon, the executive director director of Cartoon Crossroads Columbus. I uh, say it right occasionally. Yeah, I do too. And uh, hey, thank you for being on More to Come. I'm thrilled to be here. I am a biggest fan of Calvin Reed. Well, well, there you go. That's it. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Tom Spurgeon. You know what? You know, I I have people who do. Uh, uh, Well, we're going to thank Tom Spurgeon for making it possible for us to be here. Uh, And how far back do we go? We go back at least a dozen. At least, least, Maybe two decades. It was really kind of the beginning of PW's... Sure. You know what? We met, about, about we met at like a, at a, I bet, I bet like 2003, 2004 mm-hmm. VA. It was where we That met. must have been that, that because, uh, they, the, the first, uh, comics newsletter started about 2005, but we were going, we were doing stuff before then. I think there were even some flame wars there early on. I met, <laughs> I, I, I met Oscar Robertson at that one. I met Rosemarie and I almost got arrested for, <laughs> because they thought I was stalking Haven Kimmel. The autobiographical writer. She was a a girlfriend of an old friend of mine. And I knew what her real (laughs) name was. And I asked for her by her real name. And they were like, oh, psycho. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't know this. This is a story for your biography. I'm in the middle of a show right now. I'm in the middle of the cartoon Crossroads. And I have to remind myself that there are always tough days at shows, and there was the time I almost got arrested for, well, okay. for well, stalking an old friend. That's a new so, one. Uh, yeah, there you go. So it never happened to me at a comic show. All right. Well, you, you, well you've well, you got a long resume, um, former editor of uh, the Comics Journal. Sure. Uh, you're an author. You're a co-author of um, uh, We Told You So, Comics... Comics are art. We did a oral yeah, history, history of anagraphics. anagraphics. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get a name drop in there, which was which is I appreciate. I, 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 um, appreciate, I appreciate the, the help. Uh, you are obviously the founder of Comics Reporter. Uh, really, the blog of the Comics Verse. Really, Comics Reporter. I did because I had a newspaper syndicate strip that mm-hmm. I worked on with a friend of mine, and it went away. Ah. And my friend Jordan, that I partner with on various things, said he felt sorry for me sitting around the house. And decided that I would try one of these new blog things. <laughs> and we thought that we could do it for like six months and sell it. And it's still there. It's which yeah. Either I'm really awesome at it or I'm really terrible at it. Well, I'm sure you know, I'm sure it's an, like an, 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 a creative combination of both. Yeah. But <laughs> but you also, uh, you do it. I mean, look, first off, the Couch Reporter is comprehensive. I mean, it's, it's startling. Uh, the range of material artists, issues that you take on, that you document. Uh, the resources that you offered for the fans, and you're 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 the executive director of what, five years now. 
We are. This is our 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 fifth show. So you know, if you go from zero to four, that gets you five shows. It does. You can't if you count zero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yes, I'm. A, I'm a, yeah, it's a full time job. Not a small endeavor. No, it could be after I. I mean, I knew it wasn't, and when I got here, I had the proof. Sure, we're we're more of a you know we're more of a spread out kind of multi venue, more like yeah, a film tell festival. Us about, yeah. So. There's a bunch of institutions here in town that have interest in comics, not mm-hmm. just not just cartoon books, which is Jeff, and not just the Billy Ireland, which one is of the co-founders. Oh, and and those those are our co-founders. Lucy used to do a show every few years where she would bring in syndicated cartoonists, mm-hmm. and she was looking for something that was not exactly that model because um, syndicated cartoons had kind of run out of money in 2008, mm-hmm. 2009, and they weren't as willing to support a show like that. So we wondered if there might be a public a, a public option, a wider mm-hmm. option, where we brought in different kinds of cartoons. So we basically made every stupid hard choice that one can make, but it's very complicated. But we're getting close to, I think, kind of hitting that stra- hitting our stride, mm-hmm. and we're starting to get sustainable audiences. Great, and we're starting to get the funding we need to kind of make everything free. It's mm-hmm. a free show. It is. It's, it's awesome. And um, and we and so we run out of with our venue partners like the Billy Ireland and like the library, in which you and I are talking right now, mm-hmm. um, are able to put together this kind of sprawling show and I, I kind of am here not so much for the first couple of years but to put together a 10 year kind of mm-hmm. odyssey that gets us to where we want to go which is a little bit different than most shows which start out really small and then kind of grow we were dumb we started out really you're, big you're, you were, were this we're, when we're, you started we're, yeah we were a comprehensive program <laughs> yeah. right, right from the beginning mm-hmm. and now we kind of are you know working on having the audiences catch up mm-hmm. and maybe I won't capsize things along the way but I, so far so good it's been great for me when I've been here now you have the uh, uh, you mentioned some of the components obviously the Billy Ireland cartoon library and museum is uh, an unbelievable it's facility nice, devoted it's, it's a nice place in comics and I, you know it's the thing about having awesome. <laughs> the thing about having that as the centerpiece is that it is a real strong contrast to a lot of comic shows as much as I love comic shows yeah. I love all the comic shows they're like a tent revival you know mm. you move in you have your business, and then yeah. everybody moves out. And if you like show up on Tuesday at San Diego, all the comics people are gone, and it's really scary, kind of. <laughs> I've been in but San this, Diego when it's not the comic yeah, and it's weird. But go on. <laughs> but the Billy Irons, Billy Irons was a cathedral of comics. Yes, they're, they're there every day, and those those wonderful librarians and their wonderful holdings are there. In a climate-controlled archive oh, that you got to so swipe beautiful. in and out. I assume it's nuclear-proof as well. That's it's right. absolutely amazing. The we galleries. Have, we have to protect those waters of originals. Yeah. And uh, those dirty dinosaur <laughs> animation cells. So, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Yeah. And, and such a kind of world-class, wonderful uh, facility that it kind of gives us all something to aspire to in all our different ways of doing of doing what we do for comics. I was talking with Hoche Anderson. Uh, uh, he donated a bunch of his pages from King, that yeah. the incredible biography they did there. I saw pages by Ollie Harrington. I saw original pages <laughs> by a, Jackie Orms. That was a, Ollie Harrington was the first one was I, it really? I asked for when I oh, got awesome. here. I'm a, I'm a Harrington fiend oh. and a wonderful cartoonist and Everything that you like about an angry cartoonist and kind of surpassingly angry. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like a, a immature anger mm-hmm. with him. I mean, he. he I, took, I don't he know took, a lot about him. I just he know. Took, of, he took you know, stock. He took yeah. stock of Western mm-hmm. civilization and yeah. found it wanting. Yeah, well, and cartooned about <laughs> it. And and I, who could say you know who can disagree with yeah. him? A wonderful cartoonist. But yeah. the opportunity to 
hold those in your yeah. hand, even with those white gloves on, uh, between you and them, unless um, unless you're uh, uh, doing some sort of criminal activity. But I, you know, <laughs> doing this, that kind of archival and holding those yes. comics in your hand is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I could spend all day looking like a Dwina Dumb or you know, yeah, yeah all it's, these it's great, a, great the, Well, the uh, Bill Blackbeard's collection. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a, it's the work of a lifetime, mm-hmm. multiple lifetimes. Uh, from what I can s- solve it, I mean they've got thousands of boxes that they haven't even processed yet. I'm just looking what time it is. Okay, okay, okay. it's uh, we, he's, he's the executive director. He's got stuff to do. It's three uh, twenty-five. Okay, okay, very quickly. Um, Please. quickly. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Um, we uh, the AAEC was uh, honored we, here. We had the uh, the Association of American Editorial Cartoonists mm-hmm. came and and did their yearly meeting, and then we did a track of programming mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And we have a we had. Uh, Dave Pilkey, which is the kids' cartoonist, yes. which we'd never had someone, and Mike Mignola, the Hellboy cartoonist, who doesn't do a lot of shows, was nice enough to come out this year. In, combina- in conversation with Jeff Smith. And it was in conversation yeah. with Jeff Smith. That was a wonderful event. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful drawers here all week. from Terry Moore and Patrick McDonald yeah. mm-hmm. and Jaime Hernandez. Yeah, Tom Tomorrow, and, I did. And Tom I interviewed Tomorrow him. is yeah. here. We're going to talk about the nib and trying to save mm-hmm. the nib. Yes, absolutely. Tonight, Matt Boars won your award. Uh, uh, we have a, we have an award for works or for mm-hmm. influential moments because the Transformative Work Award, and we are only too happy to give it mm-hmm. to the nib because the nib yeah. has changed comics through its mm-hmm. model and through its yeah. devotion to diverse uh, expression, both. Medium wise and person wise. I'm, I'm going to let you go, but uh, tell us about the the award that we you just gave out, and before we set down to do this interview, we, give, we have we give an emerging cartoonist award that Jeff Smith and Vijay Iyer, his his longtime wife, uh, uh, support with uh, either uh, with around a seventy five hundred dollar honorarium, but it's mm-hmm. for emerging cartoonists or young, mostly young cartoonists. And this year went to Carter Manier, yeah. the activist and mm-hmm. and a publisher, and a very Excellent cartoonist, and only too glad to give that. Uh, we have a, a wonderful track record with that. You know, going back to Katie Skelly and Kevin Chap and Kat Fajardo and Karen Katz, um, of really um, interesting young cartoonists. And it's a no strings attached award that they're nice enough to give that kind of get, yeah. gets you over the hump. All right. Tom, I'm going to let you go because I know you got stuff to do. And you, we got to put you on a plane, my man. Yeah, yeah, so. sure. i got to go fly. But you know what? The, while I've been here, it's been awesome. Uh, and I should also mention SoulCon, which I went to. Uh, uh, I talked sis- with Fred Aldana. Very impressive. SoulCon is, uh, is our sister show. And, yes. And favors a, bl- a black and Latin Black and brown cartoonist. And, and student and, workshop. And um, it's really great. They're very, they're very um, community and kind of entertainment media oriented, which is different mm-hmm. for us. But I... I really like working with Frederick because it's nice and man, and they have a wonderful setup for kids. Yep, they do. Tom, thank you so much for being on More to Come. All right. Thank you, Tom. Bye. I will. Thank you, man. Hi, this is Heidi McDonald uh, for Publishers Weekly's More to Come, and uh, we're still here at Comic-Con. It's day one. We survived preview night. And uh, are more or less intact. So here I am with uh, Grant Morrison, a man who needs no introduction. But uh, in case you don't know, he's one of the greatest comics writers of all times. And he has a new project with Humble Bundle. Uh, Grant, how's it going? Pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where we, we were just... Uh, yeah, weren't we just here like five minutes ago? Yeah, and it was 1990 then? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, pretty much, yeah. Um, but, you know, we have been coming to Comic-Con and seeing each other mm-hmm. here for years, a number of years. We won't even mention 
but uh, you yeah. are doing this book, and this is your first digital comic. Pretty much, your, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so tell us what what is it? What is the, what drew you to to this project? Uh, it's Aver, uh, Avatar no, X. Avatar yeah. X, yes, and it's a follow up to Eighteen Days. It's correct? In, in, a, in a, a, a sense, you know, this is obviously a re- Eighteen Days was a, a kind of retelling, a updating, or a science fictionization of the Mahabharata, the, the great Indian epic, and this takes a lot of the themes and ideas from that epic and kind of puts them into squarely into the modern world of mm-hmm. developing India now. So that one's the mythic version and this is kind of what happens when you bring the mythic down into the, mm-hmm. the, the meat and blood and mud uh-huh. of real life and how do they, they combine, which as you know is a, a, a yeah. fascinated me forever. Right. Now, is this this will be um, part of the, the bundle. Is the bundle yeah. available today, right? The bundle is available Right. Today, Just yeah. went live, so yeah, you can yeah. go. Uh, you'll be hearing this tomorrow. Uh, well, when you hear it, it's today. But anyway, you can go right to HumbleBundle.com, <laughs> and you can buy this right now. And it operates, in case you're not familiar, on a pay-what-you-want basis. Um, but if you pay $15, you get a lot more of your work on this, right? Yeah, There's yeah. all sorts of comics by you and, and other folks available yeah, on this. And obviously, the main thing about it which is what interested me is that it actually helps people mm-hmm. you know you can you can choose charities you can and particularly the ones we are dealing with are uh, the, the doctors doctors <laughs> without borders so i always forget the names of everything but i know who i'm with yeah doctors without borders and uh, yeah we're sitting in a cathedral in case you can't tell by the way so yeah the, the echoing room here mm-hmm. but um yeah doctors without borders is actually a really wonderful uh charity that i know humble bundle World reader, world reader. I've got it. <laughs> I just got up. <laughs> hey, listen, but the main thing for me was, as I say, I mean, it's, it was the way it, something we could do a superhero comic for a different kind of market, mm-hmm. for a different audience, that would do something useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, for me, it came about when I was at, when I did that Superman page where Superman saves the kid on the, mm-hmm. the roof, and we actually got letters from real people saying this stopped me committing suicide, and I suddenly oh, wow. thought, well, there's, there's actual worth to this. There's yeah. possibilities here that we're not exploring. Yeah. So by by doing this, I think we're actually we're, we're helping young girls in mm-hmm. India achieve literacy, we're helping, you know, mm-hmm. education, getting people out of poverty. And it seems like if there's going to be superheroes, I told them might as well do something useful. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's it's so amazing when you can actually you know affect people and do do good things. And and you know, I mean, not to we we do talk to the humble bundle bundle folks a lot at PW, and and you know they really do some really awesome stuff. Yeah. And um, no, have you what um. You've been to India, right? Yeah, but a, a few times. A few t- when was yeah. the last time you were there? It's been a while now, I think. Yeah. Probably in the 90s. Oh, wow, now. okay. Because, I mean, even what you're saying, because I know that um, there's a lot more comics there, and, um, you know, some of the folks that you're involved with uh, on this project have been bringing, you know, comics, more traditional yeah, yeah. comics to India, and it's a really growing market there, apparently. Well, apparently it's a huge market. You know, I was yeah. just talking to the guys at CBR, and they're saying that their traffic is coming more and more. It's mm-hmm. now the... The, the fourth highest uh, <laughs> after America, you know. Really? So the, it's obviously a, a, a culture that's really growing exponentially mm-hmm. in India. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the audience is massive. You know, they're talking about on this one there's 550 million cell phones. You know, right. people under 25 who wow. buying into this stuff, and it seems it's an immense, it's an immense outlet for stories and ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were attracted to doing the Mahabharata. Um, like, uh, you know, the, the Indian mythology, the Hindu mythology is maybe, I mean, I, I know it is, you know, more known now, I guess, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's all relative. But, uh, what attracted you? I mean, you mentioned that you've done so much with the superhero mythology. Yeah. So what is it about this mythology that speaks to you as a storyteller? 
Well, it was always when I was a kid, I was into all this stuff, you know, and I started off reading the Greek and Roman myths and then graduated to Celtic mythology and, and the Vikings and all that <laughs> right. stuff. And, you know, so those those things are obviously a lot more familiar to American comics readers, thanks to Thor and Jack Kirby right, and that stuff. Right. But I, I just kind of jumped across the, the mythological bookshelf into mm. the Indian stuff, and it just seems so massive and rich and weird. And, and as I've always said, it's very science fiction because they're talking about four ages of the earth, mm-hmm. you know, the golden age, the silver age, and finally we live in the dark age kind of thing. So it kind of ties into the way we imagine the comics history as well. But for me, the notion that there was this technologically advanced society mm-hmm. before ours and we were kind of fallen reflection of something grander just seemed to tie into everything I was interested in. It was a way of taking what maybe had religious or cultural connotations and pulling it away from that and saying, no, it's actually got global connotation. This applies to everyone's uh-huh. lives. The stories in this, the, the the heroes can only win by breaking their own codes. The bad guys do good things. You know, the, the ultimate villain, Duryodhana, is eventually a sympathetic figure, even though he's quite a monstrous figure of greed and desire. Uh-huh. So what I loved about it was the the human nature of the myth, you know, starts as the, the most highest ineffable ideas of Hindu thought, the Bhagavad Gita, which is all about non-dual mm-hmm. thinking and enlightened mind, and it strains it down through this vast battle between two opposing forces, which is kind of like the Lord of the Rings stuff we're mm-hmm. familiar with, good right, versus evil, right. God and the devil, and then below that fractions into all these archetypes and gods, but each one of them represents human feelings, it's not just like uh, what we were saying earlier was, you know, Western myth, the big the big myth of the West is Prometheus stealing mm-hmm. fire from the gods, resisting the gods, fighting mortality, and trying to find a way through mortality, and all that goes right back to things like Gilgamesh. In the East, it's not about fighting, it's mm-hmm. about acceptance, it's about karma ah. and dharma, and how do my actions lead to consequences. Interesting. And it's a lot, it's different, the heroes are very different, they're not these defiant unique, you know, individual right. men who seize power. They're, all, they're part of a network and the <laughs> women are really powerful in the stories uh-huh. and the whole the whole Mahabharata happens, the, this epic war that ends the age happens because Draupadi, the, the main female, is humiliated by the, 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 the ostensible villains and she sheds a single tear and Krishna, who's the most powerful being on earth, has vowed not to use his power, sees this tear and says, no, I'm not having this. Mm-hmm. We're, going to bring, we're having a war this is it. Mm-hmm. ending all of this because you made her cry mm-hmm. and I really love the simplicity <laughs> yeah. of that single tear triggering an epic war that ends the world right right it's interesting yeah yeah. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way but but you're kind of right it, it's it's interesting what you just said about you know how you went from Greek and Roman myths and I mean I don't know I don't know what the kids learn today in school, but uh, yeah. But you know, obviously, when when we were kids, uh, that is that is the mm. path that you always got. First, you learn the Greek and Roman stuff because yeah. that was really the the baseline. And you're right, and that mm. stuff is great stories. But it's not so much, you know, you, you can't really draw too much philosophical depth from them unless you're right. It's about, you know, man versus the gods. Yeah, it's defying you know. nature. Yeah, you know, I think in yeah. the East it's all about embracing nature and fitting into the flow and fitting into how things work mm-hmm. and the pattern of things and accepting your role in the pattern of things, which is what Arjuna, the hero of, of 18 Days, has to do with the, the archer. He has to fight. He didn't want to fight the war. He's fighting against his own family. It's breaking his heart. And then he's given this revelation. Well, this is your place in the cosmos, you must fight this battle or else future generations will be doomed. 
Uh-huh. And it's all about him saying, OK, I've got to accept this. Right. If that was a Greek myth, he'd be raging against that, you know, <laughs> trying to right. find some kind of special club of the gods. Right, to, to you're, sure, you're right. That's exactly how it would be. Mm-hmm. So, no, were you, you I, as you said, your, your interest in, in uh, you know, Eastern mythology goes back quite a ways. And, um, I mean, and so, like Doom Patrol and the Invisibles, mm-hmm. I mean, there's quite a bit of, of the influence yeah, of that yeah, in there yeah. as well, too. So, and then, um, yeah, I, I mean, what was it, was this part of the theme also of the Invisibles, maybe, as part of the, the team and, you well, know, the network that, I mean, and the, all that? Yeah, or? and we had in the Invisibles, we even did the, the Mahabharata story, but it's told in Shadow Puppets, because I'd seen it performed in, in Indonesia with Shadow Puppets, and I was fascinated by the idea that here's, a, again, a gigantic war, between mm-hmm. two absolute opposing forces, but behind that screen there's one man working them all. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. seemed right. great. That, yeah, was that became the kind of metaphor right. of the invisibles, like, hey, this looks like two opposing forces fighting each other, but it's actually two dynamic pushes and pulls that's making creativity, making right. things happen. Right. And it became, well, that's what, that's what the ideas of duality are about, you know, there's, there's a higher thing behind everything which is bigger than all of it, and mm-hmm. it descends into opposition because through opposition you make things happen right and it's like my other thing I've been saying to people there's three things that can happen when two opposing concepts meet they can fight they can flee or they can fuck <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of I think we should always choose the third option <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> because no, then you true. generate new ideas in a much more benign kind of way yeah now are, are you you um, you know you're very passionate about about this kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I would, you know, I don't think, uh, I think it's fair to say it's probably a lesser-known part of your oeuvre, yeah, probably, yeah. but I mean, it is something that you've been, you know, pretty passionate about for, you know, the last, last maybe Absolutely. 10 years. Absolutely, yeah. I've always tried to slide it under, you know, mm-hmm. even in Justice League stories and things, there's, there's hints of all this, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've got, I've just got a certain way of looking at the world, and superhero comics allow me to do that in a very concrete mm-hmm. symbolic way, you know, I can present these characters who stand for obvious things right. and set them to play which is why I think superheroes work best when they're, they're not trying to be realistic because mm-hmm. they become more ludicrous when they're realistic but <laughs> if they represent human feelings then they can actually do something useful mm-hmm. because all the battles play out in our heads all the time it goes on in there, you know, we are superheroes, we are mm-hmm. facing massive forces, you know, even if you're just falling out with your lover, it's like, it can be the epic war mm-hmm. to end all wars. So I get, I, I think superhero stories work better when they're symbolic and allegorical mm-hmm. and they have, they have some use. The minute you try to say, why, why does Batman not have a run in these tights? <laughs> How does he assemble his equipment? It's really dull, you know, because it's never going to oh, happen. But, but, so, but, you know, I have to be honest, uh, uh, you know, we, we are here to mm-hmm. talk about Avatar X, but, yeah. you know, you did just have a pretty huge uh, hit with Multiverse, yeah, you know, sure. and, and now that was a project you worked on for mm-hmm. a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, that it just came out over the last mm-hmm. year, but you'd been working on that for how long? Since 2006. I think. Oh, for yeah. almost 10 yeah. years. Yeah. So did you have time to go back and, like, really refine it or did it pretty much you knew what you were going to do for the I beginning? I did most of them in the first month of coming mm-hmm. up with it but then I had 10 years to honestly just keep going in and tweaking right. and making things better and making sure I was following mm-hmm. along with the way DC was changing mm-hmm. as well yeah. so yeah but mo- most of it was done pretty early really? and then it just became tweaking and also we had to wait for three years for Frank Whiteley to finish his book so <laughs> well, now you know we're not, we're not here to say that Frank Whiteley is a painstaking artist he's a painstaking artist but the book is yeah, a, I mean yeah. it, you know that book you and Frank Back in, mm. back in top form. Mm. I mean, it was really amazing, and the the response to it was but, pretty but incredible. But even that, as I say, I mean, I, I still love that stuff because it allowed me to talk about real things, you know. And that book was about how the relationship between the creator and the audience has changed yeah. since the internet, and that now there's a real, there's a lot more 
back and forward flow between the creator and the audience and there's a lot of things you know breaking down there mm-hmm. breaking down the distinction between the, the hero who writes the books and the poor sap who merely consumes them it's, right. it's very different now oh yeah and i wanted to use that book to talk about it to have the voices of critics coming in and to have alternative right. sounds and to have things that acknowledge the reader right now but you don't you don't really use social media do you no now, how come? Are you afraid of it? Or? <laughs> no, I just, it would take up too much of my time. Mm. I used to write emails when I'm back in the day. Last email I wrote was 2005. <laughs> but I would do these things and I'd, I'd edit them and I'd be going right. through them all and right. treating it as if it was a, you know, my latest yeah. project and I just couldn't You just do, do it, it the way I do it, Grant. I just like, you know, autocorrect, like people just understand, you know, well, like mistakes. They're like, oh, Heidi must be saying yeah, this. I, just like, can't, I think couldn't. this is what I you had said. to be like, this, this was worth being published, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, because Kristen does all my business now, Life. And she kind of she, so she's got the phone. She's got the. I don't have a, a cell phone. I don't have a watch. I don't have an internet connection. <laughs> right now, but what would happen if 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 Kristen wasn't there, Grant? I mean, I you'd know. be lost alone. Suppose somebody dropped you in the middle of San Diego with no watch, no phone, nothing. How would you find your way? Smile, the smile, the handshake, the weapons of peace. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, these old-fashioned survival skills, like, you're really, you know, like, like Kathleen Davy Crockett here. Um, you know, what, what, so, so, okay, so we're, we're doing the, it's, how many parts is the story that's coming out for Avatar X on, it's, it's the first part's on Humble Bundle, right? Yeah, and then there's another part, correct? There'll be another part next week, I think, it's, it's coming out in, in Right, in the second, the, the, yeah, the bundles so. run for, for two weeks, yeah. so, the, and then, I mean, what's the next, the next phase for it? Well, I'm so. just kind of doing it as, as, as issues, and then they've been broken mm-hmm. down, so I've, I've got a long term plan right. for it, and I want to introduce a bunch of new characters and kind of create our own little world mm-hmm. here that we can use <clears> these new uh, superhero characters to talk, to talk to not only Indian culture, but to the world, because I think it's time for, you know, we all started dipping into each other's wells and exchanging right. the water. So it was really about that, it was to, to create this new universe that I could play in. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I said, I've said enough. So yeah, are you, are you done? Are you, was Multiverse your last statement for well, a while? No, ultimately, I've got a couple more things I'm doing at DC, but I'm, I'm kind of really interested in just this expansion and, and talking to different cultures. Because as I, I constantly say with this one, it's the, the culture in America got so cynical in the last 15 years mm-hmm. and so obsessed with darkness and viral horror and, and mm-hmm. infection, you know, which I think is all to do with terrorism and the way it works. And so this horror of the virus and the zombie, and I, I, it's not where my head is, you know. Mm-hmm. I come from, when I was growing up, it was Star Trek and Flower Power, and I just cannot ultimately <laughs> surrender to this darkness that culture's yeah. going through. Yeah. So it's interesting to go to cultures like in India and China where there's a sense of progression, and it's as if they're shaking off ancient shackles, mm. and the sense that the future isn't something to be afraid of, but something to embrace. Right, and to their future towards. lies ahead of them, yeah, for Whereas sure. for us, yeah. it's almost like, oh shit, is this the end of empire? Is right. this, you know, is it, is yeah. it all falling apart? And whether it is or not, there's certainly that sense yeah. is pervading well, our but culture. The, but the, you know, the euro... We do, we don't know, you know, Greece, Euro, all yeah. that. Yep, back back in uh, Europe. Um, you, you know, actually, there there is. Um, I follow the uh, Indian, like the convention culture mm-hmm. is really strong. So I, I imagine you, you know, you should be a guest. I, I bet they'd love to have you as a oh, guest. Yeah, there. sure. Yeah. It's so so if you're listening, uh, Indian <laughs> Comic Con uh, <laughs> organizers, uh, Grant Morrison's probably standing ready, and I, I think he'd go over pretty well. I think <laughs> if he was a guest, so um, <laughs> they would probably like him a lot. But but, uh, yeah, I, I, I sense that in the future. Um, what, uh, you know, you have some other, other things going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you know, you announced that you're doing something with heavy metal. And, mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like, um, you know, I mean, the Humble Bundle is kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little curatorial kind of 
the logical. I mean, do you follow other comics as well? I mean, are you? Do you have time to do that or? Not so much. I mean, honestly, I, because I live in the country in Scotland mostly, so I stay here in LA for like four months a year, and that's the only time I get to a comic shop. So all I ever see is the box that mm. DC sends me. So I'm kind of oh. it's like kind of tunnel vision for me. All I see is yeah. the DC books. Not nothing wrong with the DC books, but there's a lot of other stuff happening. Yeah, there's a ton of other stuff. So I'm just I'm not aware of that. And the interesting thing about doing the heavy metal thing is mm. I'm getting submissions now. I'm actually getting to see new work and new people and kind of being allowed to curate them. Right. Uh, so you're coming to it actually with a really, really fresh eye. You're yeah, not really having... Much, you know, yeah. Who's good to have to Do you have any any um, any early observations about the stuff you're seeing or, you know, what kind of submissions you're getting? No, yeah. I mean, it's, this is basically just begun. Oh, okay. I mean, so, I've yeah. seen anything. I've got people starting to call me. I'll be saying, yeah. hey, I want to get involved in this. You know, yeah, so right. This yeah, you had a lot of friends that you didn't yeah, know you yeah, had, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> And those friends that I did know I had, I'm definitely sort of dragging in there. But no, it's, it's, it, I'm just done this the start of this so it's all about I can't wait to see what I'm being sent and then I can really start shaping how it's going to look mm-hmm. yeah so what what's um, so so uh, what is the main thing that's going to take up you know your, your the time for your, your next uh, the next few months I don't know I'm, I'm doing a ton of things I'm, I'm, I'm doing the comic book stuff I'm, I'm doing some TV and film work and mm-hmm. I've got this Santa Claus thing coming out as well so oh my god I forgot about yeah your, your, your dangerous sexy yes. Santa your you know, young sexy Santa which <laughs> we've was, all been waiting that him. was a real mind boggler too. Are you like, where, where does he get his ideas? Um, but it's just yeah. after I stopped doing those monthly comics, once that pressure was off, I was just able to expand <laughs> in all directions. <laughs> well, there, uh, there you go. Um, let, uh, let me see. Oh dear, there was something else that I meant. Oh, uh, Grant, here's a question mm. I just started asking people. Yeah. So I hope you'll play along or at least be tolerant when I ask you. But what is it like to be a man in comics? <laughs> 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 well, I could talk a lot about this and get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you got very thoughtful here, people. I, I wish we had a visual on this. So. What's it like being a man in comics? It's rough. <laughs> it's just terrible. We've been due to centuries of oppression and, and uh, finally getting a chance to talk. It feels really good. We've just been able to, to get out there and express what it's like to be a middle-aged white man in a society that doesn't understand us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, for anyone who's going to quote that out of context, there was a big uh, satirical quotation around his head when he said that. So, uh, yeah, you because you, you're, yeah, you, you, you have had your voice heard, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I I started asking these questions in mm. interviews just to see what happened, and usually mm. it's like they're absolutely dumbfounded. So no, that's <laughs> good. It's, it's, that's a good question to ask. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right at the, the point where I've obviously I've got to keep working and doing my stuff because I enjoy writing mm. and enjoy getting out there. But mm-hmm. I, like I said at that panel, I think it's time for the girls to take over, really, mm. honestly, seriously, and not just in for the obvious reason, but mythologically it's time for the girls mm. to take over, you know the patriarchy yeah. has 2,000 years to show what they can do and they've been kind of left a little exhausted by the end of it, still fighting each other so, and for me doing that Wonder Woman book was such a revelation you know, because oh, I, I yeah. threw out the, the whole, all the ideas of, uh, of boys' adventure okay. fiction and I just thought, let's actually tell the story of this female-driven society oh. that's been for 7,000 years and it's not because the thing I hate is all that warrior women bullshit yeah. I just thought, now they've had 7,000 years to develop their own technology, their own poetry, their own art, their own architecture, and this girl's an ambassador for this thing yeah. that we've barely ever seen, and there's sort of no, there's no swords, there's no shields and bullshit, it's like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, be, pre be, be like, prepared. Oh, be prepared. You believe me, I'm well prepared. You don't even know what this book is like. I'm prepared to fire from everything. All right, last last question. This is my Heidi question. Ah, mm. uh, we three. Any yeah. chance of their movie moving forward? Or? Well, James Gunn's very interested, and in he's he's always wanted to direct. Right. And, and right now, James is obviously riding high with Guardians and stuff. So I, I, James is still. I, I met him at the weekend, and he was still. I really want to do something with us. So yeah. one one of these days, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would be dream casting, mm. actually. He would be the absolute perfect person. Well, that's person. why Rocket and, and Gabriel yeah. just got a little poets and things, because yeah. James was just trying to yeah. how yeah. we might look. Uh, well, you know, we have the comic, one of my mm. absolute all-time favorite comics, uh, you and Frank, again, at, at high level. But uh, anyway, Grant, thank you so much. You're Everyone welcome. go out to HumbleBundle.com, yeah, uh, buy this bundle. It's for a good cause. You get good comics. Um, yeah, and you uh, actually get to do superhero yeah. stuff, like yeah. help people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You become a superhero. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, Grant, thank mm -hmm. you so much. You're welcome. Thanks.